Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Muslims are now observing the holy month of Ramadan, but this doesn't look like any Ramadan in recent memory. Nightly prayers at the mosque are out. So is breaking the fast in the evening with friends. And on Eid, there may be no large congregational prayers to celebrate the month's end. It's a real challenge. And joining us today to talk about how they're doing is Malik Sims. He's the director of operations for the Islamic Foundation of Greater St. Louis. He's also a paralegal. Malik, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Actually, it's Danielle Malik Sims, and I am a taskmaster for the Islamic Foundation of Greater St. Louis under the social services uh, under Adel Imdad. Okay, great. Well, thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. And we're also joined today by Dr. Maruk Khan. She's a family medicine physician here in St. Louis. Dr. Khan, welcome to the show. Assalamu alaikum. Salam means peace. May you all be enveloped in peace and be protected from all illnesses, especially the COVID that we're talking about. That is a great blessing uh, both for me and for all of our listeners. So thank you Mm -hmm. for that. Uh, Dr. Khan, I want to start with you. With the coronavirus pandemic shifting everything so quickly, some Muslims um, in the community have told us that Ramadan kind of snuck up on them this year. Do you feel like the pandemic dampened the spirits of Muslims who normally would be so excited about this month beginning? Of course, because, uh, you know, Ramadan is a month of, it's one of the five pillars of our faith, uh, being, uh, and it's the one of the most uh, important time to socialize and interact with uh, other uh, members of the community. And our children actually were already talking about it. What about the nightly prayers? Because that's something that uh, all of us as a family look forward to when we do our iftar, the breaking of the fast, we eat meal together and then um, the children in the Islamic Center will uh, they get they also socialize interact after an hour uh, then they have the nightly prayers where uh, in 30 days uh, we usually have a young Hafiz uh, who, who memorized who's memorized the Quran 600 pages they usually oh my. Uh, go over the whole Quran in 30 days so it's a it's really a enlightening time very positive energy moment you know you can you just feel so uh, energized mm-hmm. at the end of every taraweeh you know so that's one thing that we're all missing uh, but as a muslim we also and as actually you know to uh, we are we're supposed to accept the fact that whatever is happening is from our creator and uh, we're supposed to there is a hikmah or wisdom and when we reflect in, along those lines, uh, we as physicians, my husband and I are both physicians, most of the professionals, almost everyone, because of the social distancing and the uh, limited work hours, have been spending more family time. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's something that we had lost over the past uh, couple of years, working so hard, not realizing what it is like to be actually with our own family members. Malik, are you seeing that with your family as well, that people, um, you know, for all the hardship that's that's part of this pandemic, that people are spending more time with their family and, and seeing that maybe that's a good thing? Yes, indeed, it is a good thing. And I, I would like to uh, state that Dr. Khan is absolutely correct in her observation, but I'm, I'm also seeing throughout the pandemic the, the real spirit of uh, generosity and giving being uh, 
expanded upon in that, you know, Muslims are have been activated all around the country to get into the fight against the pandemic and, and uh, really attempt to save lives. And, of course, the Quran states, you know, to save one life, and so saving the entirety of mankind. And in taking one, it is uh, the equivalent of taking uh, the life of whole of mankind. So I'm seeing Muslims actually, uh, you know, get in the fight and, 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 and hold to the spirit. Well, that's great to hear. And I understand that even though people can't gather together and have these these evening meals and these large gatherings, people are still finding a way to connect with each other. Uh, we heard from Umar Lee on Twitter, and he said he really misses these large iftar meals at local mosques, uh, misses not having the evening prayers. But he adds, one thing we've been doing is giving out meals in North City and County parking lots for local Muslims. And Malik, I understand the mosque you attend is still preparing meals. They're just passing them out to people on site. How does that work? Well, the, the mosque that, uh, that is doing that, it's called Masjid Bilal, and it is located on St. Louis U campus, and it is the first mosque established in St. Louis, Missouri. It is mm-hmm. the eldest mosque. And so uh, we prepare the meals, and of course they're in uh, containers, styrofoam containers, and the cars pull up, and we take the meals out to the cars, and then that person leaves, and uh, another, of course, uh, is provided a meal. And it's been going on since the beginning of uh, Ramadan, and so, yes, absolutely. So that's almost a drive-through uh, kind of uh, iftar situation? That is correct. Uh, we also heard from Tanina Saputo um, on Facebook. She writes that she misses not being able to spend it with the people I would normally spend it with. Loneliness for reals. And I've been making the weakest of iftar meals. Now, generally during Ramadan, people don't have to make meals every night. They can go to friends, family, or the mosque to get food. Dr. Khan, for you, has it been overwhelming to try to plan that right meal every night? Uh, actually, it uh, has. We usually uh, have my daughters. I have two daughters and the son and the family. They usually make a meal by the time I come home. So oh, that's this, great. Uh, this way, it has actually, they're getting more help from their parents. So uh, it has, yes, it, but it, we've had more time to actually go and plan the meal in my, from my perspective. And also the friends, uh, some of our friends, what we've also done is, uh, prepare a meal or a dish and uh, drop it off, kind of like a, you know, sort of like a drive through but drop off at the, or you can come and uh, pick up the food prepared. Oh, Some that's of my, great. Uh, children's friends, yeah. So a way to share food even if you can't eat it mm-hmm. together. And also giving it to, I'm a medical uh, director at one of the nursing homes and they would take it uh, to the nuns and priests and take uh, as a Ramadan uh, iftar food, and they enjoy that. So we will sometimes make a, a biryani and rice and chicken and dessert and dates and take it over and drop it off, and then they, they can enjoy it. And so they remember Ramadan uh, as it, as different flavors of food. And, and also we have uh, in the neighborhood usually um, – We'll uh, share desserts. Someone will take turn and make a, a dessert. One person will make a, a bread. Another person will make like a curry and then share a portion of that. 
So you're still doing it potluck style. That's that's great yeah, to hear. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so so many of us have moved our social interactions to web calls. Zoom seems to be really popular for that. Um, our families that are distant using that to get together rather than than being there at the mosque. Malik, has that been the case for people you know? Yes, absolutely, it has been. Uh, of course, we have to adhere uh, strenuously to social distancing and et cetera. And so, Zoom has been a way of joining us. Uh, now, we also heard on Instagram from our listener, Tamara, and she stated that she started decorating custom digital holiday cards to send to friends and family. She uses an app on her phone called Ink Cards, which offers Ramadan and Eid cards this year. Is that part of the Muslim tradition, that people send cards the way Christians send, say, a, a Christmas card in December? Uh, Dr. Oh, Khan, we, is, is that something new? Yes, we have actually Eid cards. I grew up and actually, and I, um, what I do, I, I, I design it myself, and I send. I still keep the tradition of mailing. So we we encourage our children and our friends to share cards. But eat cards are throughout uh, the rest of the world. You'll see that usually even um, during uh, Christmas time, we'll send them our, our Christian friends uh, mm-hmm. Christmas cards. Eat. The cards will usually have handmade and uh, embroidered, sometimes even on uh, fabric. Oh, cards. wow. Yeah, and uh, th- that's just something that then you can use again, because if there is no date on it, you can kind of like Christmas uh, 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 decorations, you can reuse them So cards. So it's more like a recyclable concept, too. That sounds so cool and certainly more elaborate than just buying a box of Christmas cards at the drugstore. Uh, you're going all out with these Eid cards. And also we've, uh, we also, uh, among our friends, we've done um, what we, is uh, uh, charitable. So uh, at the, during Ramadan, we're supposed to have, uh, if we miss a fast, we're supposed to have uh, feed at least um, uh, 60 individuals, that's called uh, a kafara uh, terminology. Or if we have, if a person is ill and is not able to uh, do the fasting, we're supposed to feed uh, two persons uh, for two, uh, two meals of, of a person per day. So, for example, I have elderly parents and they're not able to fast. My father has a brain tumor. My mother is has diabetes. So, uh, they're excused from fasting, but whatever income they have, or if they don't have, uh, I, as their uh, you know child, will take care of feeding the less fortunate. And that's what you know the Islamic Center. Um, we have uh, four Bosnian mosques in the area, and then Islamic Center, Masjid Bilal, multiple small. Um, Masajid in St. Louis, and they're all in the spirit of Ramadan, giving, sharing. Uh, this year, specifically, um, uh, instead of buying new clothes for Eid, what we're trying to do is uh, share food items, sanitizing items with uh, the less fortunate, mm-hmm. share uh, more of, uh, I also, instead of, in the past, I would give cookies, make candies or cookies, but I decided that a lot of individuals, they may need the money, so I would just put it in a little eat card, handmade eat card, and put it and share it, and, uh, you know, it can, it's, the amount doesn't matter, it's the gesture. Mm-hmm. And if you do it with the class, with a uh, pure heart, 
um, that's what God wants us to uh, during the month of fasting, is to do uh, acts of kindness, tiny little acts of kindness. Well, in addition to those tiny acts, I understand that you guys have both been part of a much bigger act. This is a coronavirus-related idea. Malik, I understand you um, initially pitched this to the Islamic Foundation of Greater St. Louis. It involves a mobile testing site. Tell us about how this works. Well, we're located at 800 Chambers Road, and uh, the inception uh, came, of course, uh, with the uh, media uh, highlighting the fact that uh, poverty-stricken African-American communities were most affected by this uh, pandemic. People were dying. And uh, Ferguson, of course, is a community that's, you know, uh, world-renowned and it's poverty-stricken. And then there were uh, a plethora of, uh, you know, confirmed cases there. Mm And so uh, Ella Jones, uh, one of the state, I'm sorry, one of the council women in that district, uh, she and I got together and said, look, we need to into this fight. And so, uh, again, Adele Mdad, the head of social services of the Islamic Foundation, he's always, he's my rock, he's my teacher, he's my go-to guy. And so I pitched it to uh, Adele, and he said, absolutely, I'm in. And so we, Adele and I, uh, uh, we split up the duties. We said, okay, Malik, you get the nurses, I'll get the doctors, and, you know, I'll get the porta potty, I'll get, we'll get the equipment, you get the tent, and Actually, my uh, my nurse duties didn't turn out so well, but they they've expanded it. We're doing fine now, but uh, so uh, Adele he called uh, Dr. Khan, and he was like, "Alhamdulillah, all praises God, I'm in." And so within four days of uh, inception, so inception to fruition took about four days. That's and, amazing. And, and Dr. Khan, I understand you now uh, very regularly volunteering your services from 6 to 9 a.m. Is this then before you go do your regular job? Right. I actually, the first week I was there, the whole week, this, uh, the second week I have, I still can follow up on the test. Mm-hmm. But I, because of uh, patients in the hospital, I go to two nursing homes and I have uh, patients in the clinic. I have not been able to regularly uh, go in the morning, but I am available for advice, and I follow up on the test uh, the first week because it was a fear of unknown. You know, it is that we had we didn't have a full staff. We wanted to make sure everything goes appropriate. Culture being done, uh, you know, the exposure. We are not. We were in our hazmat, and we wanted to keep the social distancing. We wanted to make sure all those uh, guidelines are being addressed. Uh, so the first, uh, it was challenging, It was, uh, uh, but it was also rewarding in a sense that you feel good that, okay, you're, uh, you are, uh, they are trying to make a difference. And amazingly, um, we wanted to, we picked that time because most of the COVID testing sites in the area are usually open later on in the day. Mm. So we figured anyone that... Uh, is needing to be tested they, because with the you know just a few words about COVID-19, it's a virus that causes uh, you know fever, cough, shortness of breath, and if a person is uh, you know sick, they usually at night they're up. So I figured at least this way, uh, if the um, patients need to be tested, they may also get some. Uh, I may be able to give them some medical advice as well because from my experience. Uh, 
you know, since this COVID uh, pandemic began, a lot of people um, were trying to, the physicians were not able to see the patients in the office. So I felt there was a need for uh, medical advice also for uh, as general precautions. Okay, well, that's that's great to hear, and and I know um, you guys have had a lot of people taking advantage of that, and I understand it is it is free to people who use it. Is that correct? Yes, that's they, wonderful. Yeah, if they have insurance and they opt for insurance, otherwise, it's free. Uh, Islamic Center, the Islamic Foundation, is uh, uh, participating as a donor for uh, because that's part of uh, Ramadan giving. Well, that is, it's great to hear, and it's, it's great to see how your faith is, is translating into good works during this month of Ramadan. So, Dr. Maruk Khan, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. And Malik Sims um, of the Islamic Foundation of Greater St. Louis, thank you. And, and can, I, can I add something, please? I would be remiss if I did not uh, give a shout-out and highlight the uh, inclusion as far as helping uh, monetarily and in other ways, uh, Faison Syed and A Continuous Charity. They, too, came on board and assisted in any way they can. So, And, of course, it's a Muslim organization, so big shout-out to you guys. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.